So the latest studies have confirmed my assumptions and people that are actively pursuing knowledge, skills throughout podcasts or videos are averagely more successful and better than the others. But there is this newest study that's been done in my brain and people that actually listen to my podcast are 45% more likely to be successful, more fulfilled, and are averagely smarter and more intelligent. So good news, my friends, if you're listening to my podcast, you are a better person. All right, jokes aside, welcome everyone. You're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. As always, every Friday, I'm bringing you amazing guests that have achieved some super awesome, extraordinary or successful things or all of the above. And I'm I'm trying to dive deep into their knowledge, their mindset, the skills, everything they did to come to that place where they are now, so that you can implement it as soon as today, whenever you are listening to this, in your own business and start growing it, start growing yourself as a person, which is what you are doing uh, while listening to educational stuff. Uh, another thing, every Tuesday, I'm releasing new SoloCast episodes uh, where I go through my own journey, my own experiences, knowledge, skills, whatever I have accumulated over the years. And I try to deliver it for you on the silver platter so that you can use it and apply it. Now, with that being said, if you're a first time listener, I would go and click that subscribe button. And if for whatever reason, you're out of your mind, uh, and you haven't subscribed already, and you have been listening to some of my podcasts, I would do so now. Also, if you got a minute out of your busy day, I know you're busy, uh, but do me a favor, leave us a review on Apple, and I heard it could be one can leave a review on Spotify, not sure about it, uh, don't trust me on it, but if you're listening on Spotify, you can also check out. Um, anyways, that would be it as far as that. <laughs> now, today I, I'm bringing Alexander, uh, who is a dear friend of mine, who is part of the mastermind I'm at, and he has done some extraordinary things in the last couple of months online. Like the first month, as he started his affiliate journey, he did like $11,000 in his first 30 days, which is kind of like insane. Now, full transparency, he was kind of into sales before, but he has never done affiliate marketing. So he had a slight edge, uh, but still it's it's amazing what he has done. And also he partnered up with Evan and Eugene who were on the podcast and that's episode number 80. It's one of the most listened to episodes on the podcast actually. So if you haven't had a chance to check it out, go and check it out. Uh, Anyways, uh, they they launched a six-figure business, or they did six figures thus far this year, which is, again, super amazing. Now, uh, with that being said, <laughs> we dove into a lot of things. It's a longer episode, just gotta be transparent with y'all, and you might listen it out of like two or three times. That's all right. That's how I usually listen to podcasts when I listen to them, because I get like 10, 20, 30 minutes time chunks to to listen so i start one then i continue the next time and so on uh that being said a couple less things and i'll let you uh let you go into the episode first one is 
uh, SAA, the mastermind that both of us are a part of, is actually going up in price in two weeks. Uh, so if you want to save $500 and enter the mastermind that's been changing lives for the for very beginning as like from the moment when it was launched and it continues to do so like it helped me uh, go to five figures with affiliate marketing it helped me leave my job and it also helped Alexander, Evan and Eugene, uh, Aaron you probably heard episode with him then we had like <clears throat> Josh Ong, who was also on the podcast. A lot of people are doing some amazing, amazing things after joining the mastermind. So if you're on the fence, now is the right time to, to enter it because again, price is going up by $500 and it's not full scarcity because Jacob pulled it off already three times. It was $1,000 in beta, then 1500 then 2000 if you remember a couple of months ago on August. And now it's going up to 2,500 bucks. So if you want to enter before that, claim some of really awesome bonuses that I'm giving away with it. Uh, it's the right time to, to enter in the next two weeks. It's going up in on November 15th. With all of that said, one last thing, you can, you can join my free group, Affiliate Marketing Elite. I'll be letting new members in probably probably at the day of you listening actually it's tomorrow uh, based on the day of me recording this uh, so it's a free group i share a lot of cool things i also do separate interviews that have nothing to do with the podcast so that doesn't go out in public it's only for my exclusive members you can claim that and again affiliate marketing elite go out there and check it out and in the meantime enjoy the episode Hello everyone, welcome back. You're listening to Affiliate Journey and I'm your host, Miodrag Milenkovic. And today we have a very, very special guest and very dear friend of mine who not so long ago actually was a guest in my group uh, for an exclusive interview. And man, I really, I really enjoyed that one. So I'm super pumped to bring him on because he has a lot of experience in many different areas, now including affiliate marketing and something I also want to dive deep into like sales and coaching. So I know he will bring a lot of value to you. So anyways, I present everyone, Alexander, man, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Drag. I'm, I'm happy to be back. Dude, time spent with you is always, uh, always uh, time well spent. So I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. Thank you so much. Oh man, my ego loves this word. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming, man. <laughs> like flattery will get you nowhere, but please tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I felt. Uh, anyways, so uh, obviously some people in the group heard your backstory, but not necessarily people who are listening to the podcast. So uh, I want to first dive into like a bit about your background story and how did you come about doing what you are doing now? Uh, sure, man. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm uh, was born in the United States. Um, I was born in uh, Georgia, the state of Georgia. Um, I'm currently right now in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, it's like the home of Coca-Cola for folks that might not be um, American. <laughs> Um, 
And so, you know, my pops was in the Air Force. Uh, so we moved around a lot. I think I went to probably like 10 or 11 different schools. I'd have to ask my mom again um, from kindergarten through 12th grade. So obviously that, you know, and then obviously just being in the military, you know, exposed you to all different um, walks of life, all different cultures um, and everything. And then, you know, um, you know, being Southern, my folks were born in Virginia. My brothers were born in Texas. I was born in Georgia. And then being in a military family, um, you know, there's a lot of like expectations um, and stuff like that. You know, Southern, typically you're, you know, very polite and you say, yes, ma'am. And yes, sir. And then, you know, especially being in the military household, it was like speak when spoken to kind of stuff, um, you know. But uh, my pops, uh, he was a colonel in the Air Force, which only 2% of the Air Force ever makes. He was a pilot as well. And so what he did for most of his career in the Air Force was he got the guys out of um, straight out of flight school and trained them on their first jet. And so basically he was kind of the guy, he was like the, the first, after they got through flight school, he was the guy there that trained them, um, you know, uh, in the air and basically decided, Hey, you're going to continue your dream to pursue, um, to be a combat fighter or like, Hey, you're not quite up to scratch to be a combat fighter. We're going to move you into like, you know, flying cargo jets or something like that. So, you know, my dad, it doesn't get more high performance than that. And so, you know, and, and I had that in the household and, you know, my dad was very, um, you know, very soft-spoken, very quiet. Um, you know, he was the breadwinner of the house. Gender roles were very fulfilled in the household that I um, was raised in. But, you know, my mom was the complete opposite. My mom, um, you know, was very outgoing and very charismatic. You know, she was like the captain of the cheerleading team, I think, when she was in high school. And she always jokes with my dad that, like, he didn't work up the courage to ask her out until she moved, like, hundreds of miles away to go to college. <laughs> but obviously it worked out. They've been married, you know, for over, uh, like, almost 45 years now. And, um, and so, but, you know, and she's very loving and very caring and, you know, very, um, expressive of her emotions, but also too, my mom has always been an entrepreneur. And so she was like a really fine needlepoint, um, uh, seamstress that made like, uh, christening gowns and baby bonnets, like really intricate ornate stuff. Um, she's kind of pivoted now. She was like flipping Louis bags for a little while. Um, and then now she has an Etsy shop cause she got into like the planner thing. And so really she's, I asked her about it and she's actually doing a couple thousand dollars in revenue in a month in her, in her Etsy shop. I'm like, hell yeah, go, go mom. She's like, I know. She's like, I just want to buy myself nice shoes and, and the makeup that I want and not have to hear about it from your dad. <laughs> so, like we all got our wives, right? So, yeah. um, but you know, so, so having those experiences and, and stuff, um, you know, we're great. I got two older brothers that, you know, both, uh, both, um, you know, I've got, uh, a, a beautiful little niece, um, who's 11 now and, um, four nephews, um, you know, that span from 13 to six years old, they're kind of spread out, you know, two year increments and stuff like that. And so, um, when I was, uh, in ninth grade, we moved to Australia, to Canberra, Australia. My dad got stationed at the embassy down in Australia. And that was a really pivotal moment in my brother's lives and, and I's lives. And so we went to an all like a Canberra church of England boys grammar school. You had to take like an entrance test to get into this school. And then, you know, it was an all boys school, which we had only gone to like American public schools and the American public schooling system, education system is not great um at all and so it was like 
a whole, you know, we were wearing um, school, you know, these school uniforms and there were these terrible like poop brown colors and you had to check in with your housemaster. And if your shoes weren't polished, they made you polish your shoes and stuff like that. And then the academic was like a whole nother ball game. Um, so they was really good from that. And it helped us get into really good universities here in the U.S. But the key thing for me was I got introduced to the sport of uh, rugby union there. And other than being born to my two loving um, um, parents who like sacrificed a ton to create every opportunity they could for uh, my brothers and I, uh, being introduced to the game of rugby has really changed my life. It, it gave me an outlet for a lot of my anger um, that I had as a kid. And then it also allowed me to get into the University of California at Berkeley, um, you know, mostly on my athletic merits, not on my academic merits. And then it got me um, a scholarship to be able to attend grad school where I got my master's degree in exercise and sports science and my doctorate in chiropractic. So just and then I basically um, at the end of my grad school, I was about 30. Um, and I was I had a job offer to go work for um, a kid who I had coached at the, in the undergraduate program for to take over his dad's practice. And then I got a call from one of my buddies. He's like, hey, they just gave me a budget to be able to add an assistant coach. Do you want to come? He's like, you were the first person I called. Do you are you interested in it? And so that put me in this like big predicament. So for the next month, I basically sweated it out and then decided, hey, I'm going to go do the rugby coaching thing because it's my passion. And if I got offered this before I started grad school, I never would have started. And just to let people give more context, rugby has been ascending in the U.S. for the last 10 or 15 years. And so when I started grad school, those type of positions didn't exist. And um, and so then, you know, I, I went and did that for a few years. I moved back out to San Francisco um, to take another coaching job. And then uh, and then I started also because San Francisco is the most expensive city in the world. Everybody in San Francisco has a quote unquote side hustle um, to help pay your rent. So I started working as a personal trainer because I could make my own hours and um, and I could still do my coaching. And so then that's where I really learned sales. And then eventually um, just kind of the coaching thing wasn't going the way that I wanted it to largely because of um, some of my personal issues, you know, particularly with my relationship with alcohol um, and which I'm like, you know, uh, sober now. Um, and, and then just because the professional thing wasn't working out, I, I was making probably close, you know, between 125 and $150,000 a year. But in San Francisco, that ain't that much. Um, it's like, you know, I couldn't even afford my own apartment. Um, you know, I was paying $1,700 for a room in a three bedroom apartment in the Tenderloin. And if y'all ain't familiar with the Tenderloin in San Francisco, Google it. Um, and, and so then, you know, I took a, a job for an auto finance company, one of the art, the financial arm of one of the largest, um, auto company, one of the largest companies in the world, in fact. And then I quickly realized, yo, I don't like this industry and I do not like this company. So that's what motivated me to start online in March and kind of everything is it, you know, it's been pretty unbelievable, all the stuff that's happened in that six month time span. So sorry, that was kind of long, but hopefully um, it gives folks a little bit more of an idea about uh, me and my background. Yeah, I think it does. And I, I didn't know the fact about San Francisco. I always thought it was like New York or New York or LA or something like that. That's most expensive. 
Yeah. So like when I moved out there, like a week after I moved out there, there was like a big, big like news articles all over the San Francisco news. They were like San Francisco passes Manhattan as the most expensive place to live. And actually, honestly, it was number two um, in the world in terms of percentage of disposable income um, given to rent behind like whatever place like the world's wealthy put their money in the in like the Caribbean. <laughs> so. <laughs> I forget the name of this like place, but it was like some Bermuda or somewhere. <laughs> Damn, didn't know. It's it's an interesting fact for me. Anyways, uh, well, yeah, that brings us and for a little context, like you and I spoke a little bit before we started recording, and you said it's actually getting good at mindset at coaching, kind of as a byproduct, get you better even at sales and in messenger conversations. So I want to understand more how, how did that come about? And a lot of people listening, obviously, are affiliate marketers. And I know that there aren't a lot of good sales programs. And one of the reasons why they are stuck is because they don't know how to sell. So how would you introduce selling to them? And how do yeah. they actually become better because I know also a lot of them have false fears and limiting beliefs, like feeling sales is kind of like sleazy and whatnot. And it can be like when not done right. Uh, so anyways, I'm curious on your take on, the, on it. You have much more experience than I do. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. And so I think, so mindset is like the key to, to everything to living a happy life and to being successful in life. And so what I kind of discovered earlier this year was that like, hey, you've got all of these issues um, that are keeping you from truly being happy and fulfilled in life. And so I addressed those things first because in my very strong opinion, um, the number one key for you to be successful as an entrepreneur, whether that be through via affiliate marketing or whatever entrepreneurial venture you're on and as a person in life is the amount of inner peace and inner harmony you have. Once you have like inner peace and inner harmony and you're able to sustain that and have that more often than not making money becomes like easy. And so, and then also to doing making sales does. And so I kind of have, um, and I'm, I'm about to start calling folks out, um, be with their like, you know, bullshit claims. Um, I've got very strong opinions on things that are like widely held and it's theories that are widely held and accepted, like imperfect action, or like I'm, I'm a anti sales script guy. I've never used sales scripts in my life. And I've been pretty successful in five different, you know, industries in the auto finance industry, in um, the fitness industry, building my own personal training business, and then teaching other personal trainers how to build their business, um, in recruiting student athletes to university, um, you know, marketing myself to people to make them be, you know, want to become my friends or women to want to date me, um, and stuff like that. So, so, and then obviously in the affiliate marketing and now online coaching stuff. So yeah, it's all boils down to mindset. Mindset is attitude. And if you can have a good one where you're anchored into your vision, your purpose and your values, and you have high levels of inner peace and inner harmony, making money ain't no thing. Um, so does that kind of make sense, dude? Yeah, I, I also want to stress, I don't know if listeners noticed, but a lot of people, myself included, like come to the industry because 
we are lacking like that inner peace. You don't have money. You're like, oh, stressed out. I want to do this, this, and this. And if they listen to you carefully, you said after you have that, then money becomes easier. And they don't have that. And they just grab and go and like, oh, I want more money. Here is the opportunity. Oh, I need to do this, this, and that. And oh, I'm stressed out and I'm needy and I'm clingy. And all of that influenced their performance. And even if they will, if they were to get sale, as you say, with a different attitude, I feel they they lose it because of it. So yeah, definitely makes a lot of sense for me. Yeah. So having um, high levels of inner peace and inner harmony allows you to not let the highs get too high to where like confidence boils over into arrogance. And then you start to become complacent and then you start to become like entitled, you, you know, like you get this sense of entitlement um, or let the lows get too low. Cause you know, this meal drag, dude, like as, and being an entrepreneur, dude, there's going to be ups and downs. And if once you, if you let the lows get too low, that's when like, lack of self-belief and self-worth starts to creep in. And when those negative thoughts start to come over and start to be the, the predominant story that you are telling yourself, that's when you are probably going to not be very successful and you're probably going to end up quitting whatever your dream is. And you're right, uh, Mew Drag. All of us got into this make money online game, whatever vehicle that we're trying to do it with. I know we do. We, we started with affiliate marketing specifically because we weren't happy with the status quo in, in our life. And for specifically for me, I wanted to stop the, 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 the sense of shame and guilt that I had of being an absentee son, brother, and particularly uncle. Because my oldest, oldest um, um, nephew turned 13 this year. And that was a big eye-opener for me. Because I was like, yo, this, he ain't going to be a kid much longer. And really, he's not a kid anymore. And I have, and that, and that young, young, you know, that young teenager, he doesn't really know his uncle Alexander and neither do the rest of my, my, my niece or my three nephews. And, you know, Hey, guess what? I don't really have a great relationship with my brothers or with my folks. And so I wanted to change that. And also too, the other big thing was that because, you know, I've been able to achieve some things that I'm very um, proud of in my life, but in some pretty high level of success, whether it be in athletics or in business, or even personally, you know, in terms of having really quality women that, um, you know, committed, were in a committed relationship with me. And I fucked all of those things up because I allowed my ego to take over and control me. And then also too, because of some unaddressed um, personal issues that I allowed lingered that I projected onto other people. And so basically that was that like self-sabotage that you kind of alluded to earlier and like limiting beliefs. And really it was self-destructive patterns. Yeah. And ironically, self-sabotage is form of self-protection because part of us actually tries to keep us safe. Like I had this and Quite recently, actually, <clears throat> I was avoiding one of the main revenue producing activities, which is like talking to people on Messenger. And I talked to a mindset coach and he did a little digging and it turns out <clears throat> I was having uh, uh, abandonment and rejection issues because my father left me when I was two. And part of me just dreaded being rejected. So I would procrastinate on doing such an important task that I know was uh, important. I know I was making money with it and I just stopped. Like I would do everything or I would 
start watching videos or I would do other tasks. And I was like, yeah, I'll do this a bit later, later, later. And I skip day after day. And it's interesting, but I, I know that like that self-sabotage that you said is actually self-protection. Part of us tries to protect us not to experience something. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no. And so let's just, if you're cool, let's just stay in this moment because that was a beautiful thing that you shared. Thank you for sharing that about your, your personal life and your drag. And for everyone listening, that is true strength right there, what Nia Drag just demonstrated. So I really, I already admire you, dude, and I admire you a ton even and respect the hell out of you even more for being willing to say that. And and let's just be honest, a lot of the limiting beliefs and self-destructive patterns that we have get developed in our childhood. And it happened to me too. Um, you know, it didn't, for me, I was blessed that I had very loving parents. Um, and so it didn't come directly from my parents. But, you know, that stuff happens in those formative years. And it, 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 it affects our psyche and our subconscious and sometimes our conscious actions. And I projected that onto people for a long time. And, you know, I projected it onto myself for a long time. And I, it's awesome that you, you were able to, to work with somebody to help you work through that and to recognize it. That's what self-awareness and emotional intelligence is. That's what, guys, self-awareness and emotional intelligence, that's what's going to get you to inner peace and inner harmony. So read a damn book. <laughs> you know, listen to some podcasts or whatever, um, and like start to seek like mindfulness practices um, and things to raise your level of, of self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And you do that by seeking to understand um, and removing your ego from the equation and your personal biases and shit like that. Um, and so that's awesome that you've been able to start to do that for yourself, me drag, because you're a great guy and you've got all of the intangible skills to be as successful as you ever want to be, just like everybody that's listening to this does. Um, and so, yeah, man. Thank and you. so once you're, once you're able to, to do that stuff, like you talk about, like we talked about, like making money uh, becomes pretty easy because you don't, you don't, you 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 don't judge people um and i that's the one thing that like pisses me off when people are like oh this person this lead wasted my time it's like no they didn't you allowed them to waste your time it's because your messaging's not right or because you're not pacing the conversation in when you're in messenger with them or because you've got some like money block or some self-imposed block that's keeping you from from doing it or you're just being a shitty person and you're clearly trying to pimp these people and you're just going about sales all wrong oh man you don't know how much i love that i think a lot of <laughs> a lot of people think they have a conversion problem and you just listed every problem they more likely have than it's than a conversion yeah. problem like let's start with the messaging and so let's you... just say this real quick dude before we move on and then we'll start into it so if the problem keeps occurring it ain't the other people. It's you. So address that shit. Um, so yeah, go ahead and ask your question. I just felt like that needed to be said. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like one of the things that helps me and obviously other people improve is like you do some shit for week two, but I always look back and be like, okay, this post or conversation was really well, but this two or three didn't. Like, okay, what was good here? what was bad here. And again, it comes back to the awareness, reflection and everything, and it helps you improve over time. Uh, as far as the question, yeah, like I wanted to dive a, dive a bit deeper. I love what you said, and I want to paint this picture to the people. It's not, well, if everything else is all right, it could be conversion process, but more than likely, it's everything else that you listed. And I want to just briefly go over one thing to another. So let's start with messaging. And I do feel like 
a lot of people like their marketing and their content are really off. And at the time they jump on the messenger conversation, they're talking with someone who like is so like it's a bad lead, bad, bad attraction, or or they're just not educated. Like if you cannot communicate what you do over content, even if they are kind of potentially good lead, they need to be converted in your beliefs, what you do and your solution in order to to sell them the solution. So yeah, they need to trust you. And because if they ain't if they ain't trust you, they for damn sure ain't gonna give you any money. And even if they do trust you, they might not still give you money. And so um, there's two very simple lenses, Mia Drag, that have helped me have this success that I have, that I look at in life. Am I being constructive or am I being destructive? And so that allows me to be very patient and very kind and understanding when I'm having, when I'm creating my content and when I'm having conversations with folks. And then also too, like I looked at my lens in my life I analyze, is this thing or person on the whole constructive? If they are, okay, I'll consider keeping it in my life. Is it germane to my goals right now? Germane meaning, is it relevant? And if it ain't, then, but it's not destructive, I'm like, all right, I'm going to put that away on the back burner. I'll come back to it when I come back to it. And if it's destructive, then I get rid of it. Um, and I've gotten rid of all that shit and people in my life. The only thing that I still have left to do is to make, um, is I chew tobacco and I made a promise to my mama that I will quit by I'm 40. I turned 40 in like two months. So I will do that because she will hound me if I don't. Um, and also because I love my mama. And so that's the second lens that I look at. Am I being the son that my mother wants, needs, and deserves me to be? So when I think about it like that, am I acting in a way that would make her proud? Am I acting in a way of the lesson? And also the other thing is like, listen to what your mama, what mama says. And hey, she probably already done told you because I'm damn near 40. So, um, and when you look at things like through that lens, then that gets you, you know, hopefully you guys have a loving relationship with your mother or, or with the female, um, you know, uh, parental figure in your life. Because women are a blessing on this earth and they are, are a, such a gift. And so listen to them, particularly if, if, they're, they have, if they're good people. Um, and so when, you, when I look at stuff through, and simplifying, so the overall arching theme is I don't like the KISS acronym. I don't like the keep it um, simple, stupid, because that's negative self-talk. I like it, keep it super simple, because that's more positive. Um, and the, and I always have said, hey, if you want to be simply brilliant, you'll do it by keeping things brilliantly simple. And um, and I love being a coach because I can speak in almost exclusively in cliches. <laughs> so um, um, and like I've tried to run practices where I only speak in cliches. It's hilarious. It's so much so fun. Um, and um, and so if you look at if you think those are very simple lenses, is this constructive or destructive? Am I making my mama proud? Very simple things to do. And by when I started looking at my life and my business through those lenses, everything has changed. Love that. Uh, addressing values and how we want to act and be, and then act in accordance, in alignment. Uh, now, and so, and that's what that's attraction marketing. 
be the things that you want from, uh, you know, like I'm single, never married. And so I have committed to myself last um, November uh, after I went out on a date and it, you know, I went back into my bad self-destructive ways and, you know, quite frankly, had sex with the woman on the first date. And I didn't want to be like that. And so I made a commitment to myself. I am not going to have um, sex for 365 days because I knew what I had fallen into my bad habit. I set a boundary and made a promise to myself that I wasn't going to sleep with the woman when I went on that first date. And I broke that promise. The number one way to build momentum for, for yourself in life and in your business is to fulfill the promises you make to yourself. And I broke the promise that I made to myself. And so I said, I'm going to eliminate dating women. And I so not go on any dates and not have any sexual contact with women. Um, I'm straight, by the way, uh, just to make it clear. Um, and, and so that way I can start to seek clarity in me and, and why I'm, I'm doing that and why I've done that in my adult life. And then to start to be the, the values and the characteristics that I seek in a life partner. So that's attraction marketing. Apply all the stuff that I just said to your business. Because, hey, dating is marketing. Let's be real. That's a fair point. And a lot of people need to do, I mean, it doesn't sound fancy. It's not like a tactic. I, like when you tell someone, yeah, you need to get more self-aware. You need to have more integrity. And they're like, yeah, give me something tangible to do. Like they, I feel like yeah. people easily dismiss that. And so this is my like athletic coaching background. It don't matter how good your strategies and tactics are. Like, so I coach rugby. If you can't pass and catch a ball, catch and then pass, because every good pass starts with a good catch. <laughs> um, and so basically, if you don't have the core techniques, because skill is just technique under pressure. If you don't have the core skills required to be successful on whatever it is you're trying to do, they're going to break down under pressure. So that pressure could be, hey, I'm in a sales conversation now. And if you don't have the, te the, the proper techniques, you ain't got the skill. So it's going to break down. And if you don't have the core fundamental techniques and you're not at least good at them or like, like working towards being good at them, it don't matter what your strategies and tactics are because those strategies and tactics are going to break down. So the rugby analogy is if you can't catch and pass a ball. It don't matter how sexy of an attacking strategy you have, or if you can't effectively track and then make a tackle, it don't matter what your defensive strategy or tactics are because it's going to break down because you don't have the core techniques to be able to apply skill in the moment. I love that. I, I've been preaching for I think well over a year now that people fail because they lack the fundamental skills. Now in I, I refer when I say this to like marketing, sales and brand building kind of. Uh, That's what we're doing. We're doing brand building. Let's just be honest. That's what we're doing. We're doing personal brand building. Exactly. And I, I feel like these are the, the real skills and everything else. Yes, you need strategy on Facebook. Yes, you need tactic to know how to drive engagement, get the leads. But if you lack that fundamental skills, like it will just fall apart. Like I, yeah. I, yeah. I talked to some people and they're like, yeah, I don't know. It was recently I spoke. I don't remember if it was a guy or a girl and they were like selling this software obviously not having results and we were talking about something and 
I think I was, I don't know, I shared some framework with them. They were like, yeah, but I want to stay committed to selling this. And I'm like, yeah, but this doesn't kind of influence it negatively. I'm not saying get this and promote that. You can keep promoting this. This will only help you improve and be better at selling the software that you want to sell. Yeah. Uh, but people don't see it. They see the and opportunity. So, yeah. So what you're alluding to is what they about like, hey, I invested in this. I'm going to do this. That's the sunken cost fallacy. <laughs> and so just so everyone's aware, you know, Evan and Eugene, they're my homies. They're my business partners now. And we both met in a $10,000 mastermind that was shit. It was garbage. It was trash. It honestly is. It was, if they, the good, the key to good customer service is to under promise and over deliver. They way over promised and way under fucking delivered. Um, and I don't think the, the people that run it are bad people necessarily. I just think they're shitty coaches and they're shitty. And because they are only worried about getting money in, into their business. And if now that I've had that, um, the realization and understand this whole uh, make money online game more, if you go back and look at all the people that they use in their, in their, for their social proof, those people stepped into their program with huge audiences already. There ain't been anyone that's ever ascended from via through their model without, without, with like very little to no experience in making, trying in online marketing. Um, so vet the shit out of the programs and the people that you're going to do. Um, and their guy he throws himself out there as this like nine figure um, salesperson and whatever. And uh, he is a terrible coach. Um, he's, he is. And I told that to him to his face. So I'll, I won't put, say his name or what the program is. Um, but uh, I, I said all this <laughs> to his face. I said it to his face. Um, and I ripped shit into him uh, because his sales team fucked up uh, probably close to like, uh, you know, easily $5,000 in commissions for me um, of like not piping hot leads that I sent his way. And he had, they had bad experiences on the phone call and just like immediately hung up. Um, Cause they're like me, they're type a, like I ain't here to play games um, kind of shit. And so that's, if we had had that sunken cost fallacy, Evan and I would have never, it, Evan, Eugene and myself, we would have been like, no, we're sticking to this thing, even though it was a terrible plan. And it's terrible for beginners. And we never would have started doing Facebook organic marketing. And we never would have become business partners. I love that, man. Uh, so, so don't, don't, if you, if you have officially, and so what I did before I pivoted and moved out of it, and I did it very quickly. And I had made a $15,000 investment with that, with those people. I took my whole annual bonus and gave it to them. And, and I, so I took the time. And so I made a very emotional decision uh, because I was in so much pain, which I described earlier um, about my family uh, life and my gain, my um, guilt and shame. And they leveraged that. Um, and it was my fault for falling victim to it, even though I know better, I've been in sales my, my whole goddamn life basically. Um, and I felt victim to their bullshit marketing because I believed in the person. Um, and, uh, if I had fallen victim to that sucking cost fallacy, like we said, we never would have been there. So what I did very quickly was like, yo, this doesn't seem like a good plan. And also now that I'm in the back office, like where the hell is the support? Where's the accountability? Oh yeah. And also to the very first coaching call I was on, I'm very harsh on coaches because of everything that we talked about. I won 13 national championships as a rugby player, eight, eight as, or as a eight, as a player and five as a coach. I'm, and I talked about my daddy. I know my shit 
when it comes to coaching. And the very first call I jumped on, the very first person that asked a question on this coaching call that we had paid $10,000 to be a part of, the response from the coach was, that's not a good enough question. Give me a better, more specific question, and then I'll give you an answer. And I was like, yo, these people have all paid you $10,000 to be here. Also, now you've just scared the shit out of anybody else asking a, a question for the next 90 minutes of this once a month fucking coaching call. Damn. And me, and so that was me. I was like, well, shit. And so I asked a follow-up question. And, and, and so me being a coach, I had a very specific question in mind. I made it intentionally a little bit more vague to see if he would do it again. And he basically did the same thing. He did it. He did it less harsh to me because I think he realized he kind of fucked up. And then also too, because like, you know, he, he knows who I am and he had interviewed me and he knows like, yo, I can't speak to this guy that way uh, because I don't fuck around. And if you disrespect me, I will fucking make you regret it. Um, and uh, in one way or another, um, especially if you disrespect the people I love, I will tolerate some more shit. But if you disrespect people I care about, uh, I'm going to make your life hell um and uh yeah sorry i'm trying to get over being vindictive but i don't give a fuck i just now don't beat people up i just destroy their lives other ways um and um and so yeah and so i was like all right well this dude ain't, like i this doesn't seem good and i've already signed this contract and i've already made the payment so they got me from a legal perspective um and so i'm like okay well i'm gonna and experiences of what not to do. Cause I knew I didn't want to be an affiliate marketer my whole life. I love coaching. That's what I wanted to do. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to just network in here and try to find people to do, to, to align with. And I found Evan and Eugene. Yeah. And for everyone who don't know, in any case, who Evan and Eugene are, you can go check episode 80 on my podcast. I think it's the second most listened to episode on the podcast so far out of this will be 112 episode, 12. And theirs is like the second most listened to. I think only Spencer Mecham was more listened to. And it was like yeah. the first episode. Uh, yeah. They're great. And Spencer's is one, everything I know, I have not spoken to Spencer personally, but he seems like a really, really good guy. Um, and that he actually really cares. And, yeah. and so just so people know, I, after t within two weeks of meeting Evan and Eugene and Evan's got a funny story because we were on this coaching call and I sent him a private message over zoom, like, yo man, you got five minutes to after the, this call is over just to catch up real quick. And Evan always jokes. He's like, and then 90 minutes later, Eugene and I were like agreeing to be business partners with this dude that lived <laughs> on the other side of the world that we had only met two weeks before. And so me being smart, and and realizing i had made a mistake but like yo i'm also like a team guy i know you need a team around you to be truly successful and to like help you collapse timelines and shit like that um and to reach levels that you can't on your own and so i was like yo these guys and so they were really smart because they branded themselves as the affiliate brothers so they were doing it differently and in the us and i think this would probably you know hold for the most part worldwide, the average household has 2.4 children in it. So most people in the world have a sibling. So that made them e e immediately relatable. And they were doing the whole thing that everybody talks about already. And they were doing it better than everybody else. They were documenting their journey and they were telling their story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so I was like, yo, these guys are really smart and they really know what's going on. Um, and then I had talked to them and asked them appropriate questions using my, um, 
quote unquote sales framework to base basically be like, yo, these guys, like in the question I, when I knew it, that they were good people was I said to Evan, cause if you've ever talked to him, it's usually it's 99.8% chance, probably a hundred actually, that it was Evan that you communicated with on messenger. Cause Eugene, Eugene doesn't play around with it. Evan's the mouthpiece for, for those, for those two. Um, and, uh, even though Eugene's really the true leader of our trio. Um, and, and, and I said, dude, it's really cool that you're doing this with your brother. He said, yeah, man, it's great. I'm so happy to ha- like, we, you know, I'm so happy that we are here to support each other. You know, he sent the message and he goes, but we're brothers. And I just laughed my ass off because it was so true. And I was like, all right, this dude's be a really genuine guys. And so from a values ethos position, I knew that they were good people and in alignment with me. And also from an ambition standpoint, they were. So that's why I didn't know shit about them other than the stuff I had observed in a couple interviews that I had seen of them. So, you know, um, and also too, I had joined a program with them because we were both in this mastermind and I joined a program through them with them um, that I'm not going to mention the name of either. Um, that, and uh, it's how I came in to meet um, Mia Drag at first as well that they were like, hey, this is actually how we're getting all our results. And I was like, all right, cool, send me the link. You know, $1,500. So not falling victim to the sunken cost fallacy again and being like, yo, these people are good people. They're getting the results that I want. And they've also tried this strategy that we initially invested into and they didn't fall victim to the sunken cost fallacy either. And because I, I not only I see and also know from the questions I asked them that they're good people, like I just trusted them. I said, yo, send me the link, dude. Um, and so they made a little bit of money off me and they didn't ghost me. They continued to, to, to um, stay in contact with me and they helped me. They were a big reason why um, I was able to earn over $11,000 in my first 30 days of doing uh, Facebook organic marketing. And then crushed it. (laughs) Yeah. And so like 10 days after joining that program, I made $1,600 off to two sales, high ticket organic marketing for the win. I know Mia Drag be preaching that shit. So y'all start doing it. Listen to him. He's a good guy. He knows what the hell he's talking about. Um, And then, um, and then, you know, and then I started to have a quick thing. And, and so on April 6th, I do like a gratitude journal. I have a gratitude app on my phone each night. I put in, you know, I do it most nights. I don't do it every night. Like I should. Um, and I, I said on that night, April 6th, I said, I'm so glad to have met Evan and Eugene and for them to be such good hearted, kind uh, fellas. And, and then a week later, I pitched them on um, being business partners. And Evan has that funny story about like, yeah, you told me a five minute call. And then um, 90 minutes later, we were agreeing to be business partners. And Evan's always like, yeah, I'm super competitive. And I'm just kind of like, yeah, sure, you're a young fella. And so I was just giving shit. I'm like, yeah, I told you I was good at closing. <laughs> speaking of speaking of which, walk people through. Like a lot of people now, I think, are also doing Facebook organic. Yeah. How do you get someone from, hey, nice to meet you, person X, to either, well, to both. Like, how do you get them first on the call? Because I know yeah. people also struggle with that. And then yeah. what framework... I know you hate scripts. What framework? So let, uh, first part of the question is, uh, how do you get them on the call? So let me answer that one and then save this follow-up because I'll probably forget it. So let's okay. do that. <laughs> um, so the key to good sales is, is effective marketing. 
And the key to effective marketing is if you're familiar with like the double helix structure of DNA. So that again, I've got a, a master's degree and um, a doctorate in like understanding human physiology. So this is kind of satiating my geeky, like human physiology side that I came up with this when Evan and Eugene told me like what they do. Um, because we basically uh, created this like five-step framework for our program that we're for ourselves first to be able to create the time freedom to commit to building this business out together. Because I was still working a six, like you know a corporate job. I was making you know let's getting six figures in compensation um, a year. Um, and Evan was about to finish his university degree and he had a really, really good, for folks that don't know, New York, London, and Hong Kong are like the financial hubs of the world. And he had a really good, um, job offer from a really well-respected, uh, worldwide financial institution that he had on the table. And so basically we're like, all right, well, let's sustain our own separate affiliate marketing businesses. So that way I can leave my job right around the time that you're going to um, finish your degree and then we can start this business together. And we're like, all right, cool. So we developed this, this like five-step framework that we're teaching now, uh, which is basically just decide, build, cultivate, monetize, scale. Um, um, and so, yeah, so effective marketing. And so the key is that double helix structure. And so for those that don't know, and I know we don't have visual aids since this is a podcast, just Google that shit. Um, and, and so there's like one strand, that strand is the value. That's the value that's relevant to your target audience. And, and so the other strand of the double helix structure is story and that's your story. And then there's like little linking bridges. And so that's how your story relates to the value you're providing your, your target audience. And just like your own DNA, it's unique and personal to you. So you don't have to worry about your content being original if you're doing this. We've all seen the like, hey, here's five tips on Facebook organic marketing posts, probably ad nauseum. And you just scroll right past that shit. Maybe you stop and, and heart it and like leave a little comment. Um, and so I've debunked like a bunch of uh, Facebook organic marketing widely held theories um, in the last uh, two months. Um, because that's what we teach. And so I'm like, oh, okay, these are, and me having a science background and understanding, particularly when it comes to the human body, there's widely accepted research and all that means like the early research, all subsequent research is, is, um, based off of that. And there's been a ton of things or, you know, several things, very key things that they've gone back and been like, Hey, the research that 50 years or so, a hundred years or more of, of research on the human have gone on was wrong. And so that means all of the subsequent research was basically wrong. And so I'm like, all right, well, I'm not just going to take these people's word for it. I'm going to test these like widely held theories and a lot of them are wrong. And so I'm about to start putting that shit on blast. Um, it be, not at the people who say it, it's just that they're perpetuating a myth. And so your Facebook marketing, um, organic Facebook marketing guru, is wrong and i'm about to uh uh expose that they're wrong and that they're not bad people because of it um you know and so yeah the key is good marketing and if you follow that double helix structure you're not going to be making posts like hey here's five tips and then people not really giving a shit because as humans we remember things when we're told in the story format so if i told tell those five tips in the story there that means that somebody's probably much more going to like it 
if I tell it via my personal story and I wrap the value in my personal story, they're going to remember, hey, Alex told me this. That's personal brand building. Does that make sense to me, Audrey? Yeah, it does. I, I love that. I feel a lot of people don't miss that, uh, don't follow that value, story, personal story, structure. And yeah. what you mentioned, which is really important, value relevant to their customer avatar. I feel like people are just being way too vague. Plus they're way vague, too vague. Plus, plus they kind of, I don't know, I feel like they throw a lot of random shit that I don't know if you they do and so hey all marketing is testing so don't be afraid afraid to throw stuff out there and then your audience will validate whether it's good or not and then and so don't be afraid because there's no such thing as failure particularly for people who are new you're still learning you're not failing you're learning and every marketer is doing that and the other thing um shit I had a good point that I was going to say it'll come back to me in a little bit but um but you know um like do oh and like so doing that and so people are always like oh i need to take all these pictures to make good content and all this sort of shit bullshit you need to just open up your your app on your smartphone go through the photos your oldest photos because those are the most meaningful to you and so what i do like you know that whole like a picture tells a thousand words I would say a picture tells a thousand stories. And so I look at the pictures I've had for years because they mean a lot to me. And then I think about, okay, I want to think of 10 stories that I can tell from this one photo. And then I write content based on those 10 stories that I want to tell. And so I'm about to like at one month when I do this from like certain photos and just tell a story for 30 straight days from one photo. That's interesting. So, all right, let's say someone is a bit better at marketing. You just got quiet, so I think that was really interesting. <laughs> I think that you just had a big insight, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it was it was really good. Uh, I didn't I didn't look at it that way. Although I was using <laughs> I was using older stories. Uh, I mean photos, but I never I never view it in such a way. You're like my know. mom, dude. When she gets quiet, you're like, "All right, what's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> oh, love this. Uh anyways, say someone follows this structure, yeah. maybe they put good content, immerse story into it, all of it, and now they get person in the messenger. How do you steer them if obviously they are potential leads how do you steer them down the coaching call or sales conversation yeah so one your content your marketing should be doing some vetting and filter filtering out of it and so like people use the word free free is going to attract the quote-unquote freebie secrets and i don't like that term um but if you use the word free in your stuff it's gonna it's gonna attract folks that are looking for tips and tricks and not people that are actively seeking a solution, AKA willing to genuinely make an investment in yourselves. And just to fucking state the obvious, you can't like it, you there, you, this has probably happened in humankind because humans are amazing and beautiful and overcome all sorts of adversity, but there's probably not been somebody who's just watched a bunch of YouTube videos and started like an offline business without investing any money or 
any real time energy and effort. There is such a thing as sweat equity um, and you need to do that, especially early on when you're starting your business because you're a business owner, you ain't a fucking affiliate marketer. Um, so you need to be willing to put some capital on the line and it's not an expense, it's an investment. And this is the one thing that I tell people when they're in their sales conversations is the most value you can provide somebody if you know, if you feel really good about the programs you promote and only promote things that you feel good about and also, too, if you know that you have an offer that can help them, is to get them to make that investment in themselves. And when you make a sale, you shouldn't be happy for yourself that you made money. You should be happy that that person just did something for themselves that could potentially change their life. Yeah. And so to get more specific about the sales framework, the lens that I look at it through is, okay, so, um, so, so, I, in my mind, I'm like, all right, well, let's just say I met this person through mutual, mutual friends, or we, I met them at some form of social gathering. And then we find out like, hey, we've got this, this thing in common, like we're both affiliate marketers, or we're both involved in affiliate marketing to some level, because um, I don't, I don't actively promote affiliate products anymore. Um, and so then I just have a conversation that would be if I was talking to this person in person with that context, that would be a naturally occurring in that in that setting. Does that make sense, Mia Drag? Yeah, it does. So he got quiet again, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love now that I know you're like my mom. So I can just call your ass <laughs> out about shit. It's just like I do her now. <laughs> And so then I run them through our fra the sales framework that I've developed. Um, I started developing it when I was 15. I was painfully shy around um, in social settings, particularly when I was around girls that I had a crush on. And so there was one girl in particular, her name was Georgina. Uh, I was living in Canberra, Australia. She was like so beautiful. And it was like the, the, the culture over there is way different than America. And I was like, Oh my God, she's so like elegant, even though she's the, you know, like whatever, and she's so classy. Um, and so I know I couldn't step to her, like, you know, half step in like, um, you know, amateur, uh, for folks that might not know that, that jargon. And so, and then finally it got to the point that like, my friends are like, dude, you're so weird when you get around her and she really likes you. She's liked you for like two months and she's just basically waiting for you to talk to her. I'm like, well, why won't she come talk to me? And she's like, because she's classy, dude. That's why you like her, <laughs> you know? And so finally one day I worked up the courage and just sat down and talked to her. And then a week later she became my girlfriend. And I was like, holy shit, this just talking to people actually works. And I was just my true self. I just showed my personality and I showed, and I was open and honest and vulnerable as what people say. And then she really liked it. And I really liked that she liked it because she became my girlfriend. And, um, and so then I'm like, Hey, this like talking, just talking to people stuff works. And like, Hey, I want to be more social and not awkward in social settings. So I started applying that framework in just conversations with people that I met my teachers at school, my rugby coaches, um, my friends, parents, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then once I got into, um, into like doing direct sales and trying to like sell my services, which I was a personal trainer, you know, and I was charging $150 an hour for you to be my client. And I was in the financial district of San Francisco, which for people don't know, San Francisco is like the most metropolitan, like urbanly dense area other than outside of Manhattan in the US. 
And it's also the financial hub of the West Coast. LA's got like the arts and entertainment shit going on. Um, and fashion, San Francisco's got the, the tech and the finance and the New York is all of those things. That's why it's Gotham City. Um, and so, and so the, I was in, at a gym in the heart of the financial district. And the at, we had like 8,000 members in our gym and the average income was like almost a half a million dollars. And a lot of those people made a lot of uh, money um, in marketing and sales in some form. And so, and also too, the clients that I got that they sent me, cause I was a little bit older and cause I had a coaching background were like high level executives that were like type A that like they're in their office and ain't nobody say no to them. Um, so they were, they were difficult as they framed it, whether they were male or female. And then also too, because I was an, a, a division one athlete, I attracted a lot of D one athletes. So they were very type A. And so, um, and I very quickly like put those people's asses in line um, because I don't play around. And I, my saying, I always say to everybody is I don't fuck around unless I'm fucking around. Um, and so, um, and so understanding that I, for my first two weeks, I was very worried because it was my first job selling and I was scared shitless. I knew I knew my stuff because I had my master's degree. I had been an athlete. I had trained collegiate athletes in strength and conditioning. Um, and, you know, I had done some personal training of my friends, um, and, you know, and stuff like that, but I had never sold it. And so I was like scared shitless. And so I tried the little, the little scripts that they gave us and it was terrible. And it's just so awkward. Um, when I was doing our, like our like welcome sessions that people got when they were membership were basically just a chance for us to upsell them in personal training. Um, and then finally, after two weeks, I'm like, yo, you're just be yourself. You know what to do. Trust yourself, believe in yourself, just connect with these people and have a conversation with them. Just like you did with Georgina when you were 15. And so I threw the scripts in the trash and four weeks later, I had to start doing a waiting list or refer people to my colleagues because I didn't have any more room in my schedule for clients. And this company that I worked for, they, they're, it's a very high end company and, and they've, they, you know, they're like, oh, we're a luxury lifestyle brand, you know, we're not a gym. So I'm like bougie shit, you know? Um, and and uh, they were very proud that they had this like six month onboarding track for new hires that, to get them to full time. And so I was told by everyone in the company that no one had ever gotten, they have a, a, a portfolio of over a hundred locations um, around the world at, in all the major cities, you know, in North America and some in, in Europe. And they were like, hey, no one's ever gotten to full time so quickly because most we have this six month thing that we're really proud of, but they're like less than, than like uh, 33% of people in your gym specifically and less than 40% of people in the company wide are hitting that benchmark. They're like, so how did you do it? Like what scripts did you use? And I, and me just being what I learned from my mama, you just tell the truth. Um, and also like, Hey, don't ask a question that you ain't willing to hear an honest answer to. I just said, I threw the scripts in the trash and just started talking to people. And they were just like dumbfounded. I'm like, yeah, those scripts like down here in San Francisco and also to the people that you guys cater to, these like high-end executives, that shit ain't going to work. That's like old school sleazy used car salesman tactics. These people aren't dumb. You can't do that like 101 like sales, like on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to doing this shit? Because they know that that's like Bush League and amateur. 
was like, you guys need to empower your people to just be themselves because people buy training. They, they buy the trainer. They don't buy your brand. That's why when people leave, everyone's clients go with them because one, y'all don't treat people well. And two, um, they believe in the trainer, not your company. And they were like, uh, okay, like you're kind of, and I also said, y'all are a New York city based company that like sleep when you die, I'll sleep when I die and like grind and hustle and like leading people to managing people to a P and L statement rather than like leading and addressing the person that shit might work in New York, but we're in San Francisco. This is the Bay. We don't, that shit in the Bay. Don't, we don't play that shit out here. And so they're like, all right, well, you kind of seem like a loose cannon, but actually what you're saying makes a lot of sense. And so my boss told me, they started putting me in these positions to like, you know, help with the onboarding and help with like the hiring and mentoring people. And my boss said to me, Hey man. And then they eventually made me head of the department. So I had 40 direct reports and they were like, Hey man, um, you can do whatever the fuck you want. And I looked at him, you know, cause he was my homie. We were friends. Um, I was like, Danny, <laughs> I was like, dude, you're, I'm not the person you want to say something like that to. <laughs> and I was like, so I'll give you the chance to take it back. He goes, no, he goes, I know who I'm saying it to do. We've been friends for like, you know, two years. He's like, but I trust you. He's like, just run shit by me before you do it. Cause I know you can get loose. <laughs> and so I'm like, all right, dude, deal. And then the CEO came out and told me the same thing. And I said the same exact thing to her. And they were like, no, we trust you. Um, and so when I became the head of the department, we were underperforming. We were only achieving like the trailing 12 months um, were 80% to goal. And we were like one of their flagship locations. And so I left the company after 10 months of being the head of the department because of moral conflicts. Um, but when I left, we were the number one performing um, personal training department in their portfolio. And in my 10 months, we were like 124% to goal. So I know my shit is basically the moral of that story. And also do market and sell the way you want to be marketed and sold to. Don't do shit that's not, that you don't feel good about because then it's going to suck your energy. And even if you do make money, you're not going to be able to like sleep at night. And so when you, that's the ultimate test. If you can sleep peacefully at night and if you're being a shitty person and you can sleep peacefully at night, that's your fucking problem and you're evil. So fix that shit. And don't, don't pimp people. And if you sell programs that promise 100% commissions, no work, and even if you do make sales, and you probably will, you will feel bad because... Okay, so let me make a little rant about that. Is that okay, <laughs> dude? Because I got strong yeah. feelings about that. And I'm about to put those programs and those people on blast too. Because uh, I'm not <laughs> afraid to call people's ass out because I learned that from my mama and I love my mama. I hope you all do too. And so, uh, yeah, if you see people with like hundred percent commissions, that's just cash gifting. There ain't no value being provided in those programs. And also too, if you look at the marketing of those people, they're like, Oh, I made $2,000 while like relaxing at the pool. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Or drinking pina colada out of yeah. like coconut. Or like, Oh, you know, I even saw one like, Oh, I made, I made, uh, you know, <laughs> $2,000 while taking a poop. It's like, no, you didn't. You put in a shitload of work. It's just that you got the fucking email that you made a commission while you were fucking on the toilet or by the pool or whatever the hell it was that they're doing. So that, that's bullshit marketing. When they're paying 100% commissions, you don't ever hear those people talking about, I learned this from the program or I met this awesome person in this program. 
So fucking look, don't get caught into the bullshit. Look at the, look at the layers, go a couple layers deeper, just like you should in your sales conversation. You should find the emotional trigger because everybody and their cousin wants to make $10,000 a month. But why do they want to do it? I told you my emotional trigger early on is because of the shame and the guilt that I felt about being an absentee son, brother, and uncle. Um, I can continue on this rant for a long time, so we should probably just stop it now. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know if you'll ever listen to my podcast, but I do tend to kind of don't listen them. to podcasts, dude. So I'm just gonna say that. No, I don't. <laughs> I okay, have. so I do call them out from time to time. Awesome, cool. <laughs> yeah, good. I figured you would, so because <laughs> I know how you are. Uh, okay. I so Mio Drag is a good ass person, guys. I wouldn't be on this interview if I didn't think that about him. And so he, yes, we are all in this to make money, but he wants to do it in an ethical way. He has your best intentions at heart. So y'all need to listen to his ass. Yeah. And listen to Alexander while he compliments me. (laughs) You're like, stop doing it because it's making me blush, but please tell me more. You know what? I, I can pay you to do like intro <laughs> for every podcast to kind of introduce me before I introduce the guest. And so did, so just so you guys know, I've been very privileged like um, to like, you know, I've coached in front of a crowd of like almost 20,000. And, you know, I had to do some like media stuff and stuff like that. And also I've been very fortunate to speak in front of like a thousand people. And so when I do that stuff, because I know I'm there to be because I'm unfiltered and I learned, you know, my mama just say the truth as long as it's not going to harm the person, as long as they're ready to hear it. Um, just cause you're ready to say it doesn't necessarily mean the other person is ready to handle it as, as something I'm trying to learn in my life right now. Um, so I know that I'm there and they pay me to be there or I'm, I'm like a speaker, you know, and sometimes I've been the keynote speaker. Um, and because I do that, I, I speak from the heart. And so when I do a speech, I don't rehearse it. I just have a, a couple bullet points that I want to do to make sure because I do go off on rants and tangents like we have uh, on this call. Um, but I can usually bring it back. But I just have the reminders there of like, all right, you need to make this point. And then like, all right, hey, you've been on a rant now for five minutes. So loop it back to the whole point that you <laughs> talked about at the beginning. And so if you let's do that now. So I told you all the amount of inner peace and inner harmony. And so if you're being your true self and you're being honest and you're speaking the truth and you're not trying to be slick, then you're going to have inner peace and inner harmony, whether the person says yes or no. And then, you know, the, one of the first points I made was, uh, can you remind me of me a drag? Cause I'm struggling for it right now. The like very first point that I made when we started talking to the mindset, the importance, the mindset. Mindset. So that all comes down to mindset. And so Mindset is from attitude and attitude is a choice. You get to choose your attitude every moment of every single day of your life. You get to choose whether you're offended or not. You get to choose whether you get emotional or not. And it's okay to have emotions. It's what makes being a a human like beautiful, but you control whether you allow that person to affect you and whether you project that emotion in a negative way or a positive way onto people. So. There we go. We looped it all back to the beginning. Thank you for helping facilitate that major ad because I had forgotten. Because honestly, because I don't remember because I just speak. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> you got quiet again. 
Yeah, I, I thought of three things at the same time, and I was like, okay, which direction? <laughs> I was like, you need to go. And then no, I don't, dude. So I'm happy to um, continue this conversation as long as you want, man, because I'm having fun. Yeah, I'm I'm too as well. Okay. And like just... I said at the beginning, time spent with you is time well spent. So I'm willing to spend more time with you. <laughs> <laughs> So I won't keep you much longer. Just one short question. Uh, <laughs> I'll try to be brief. <laughs> Thank you. For, they, that, that's pre-framing, guys. By the way. <laughs> so let's say you get, or someone listening gets a lead, and again, real quickly, how do you funnel them on a call and? shortly what's your framework on the call obviously listening is big part of it as we heard and so we've got the, the score framework it's an acronym and so it's like uh scope um uh what's the c um so basically i sorry I, I forget it because i just do it naturally now so i don't really talk about it all that often um the c is like so basically you want to find a clue scope questions are very fact-based so it's like hey me drag you know, and I see like we met him in a in a in an affiliate marketing really good. I'll be like, hey man, how long have you been doing a, affiliate marketing? Very natural conversational question. And then what he says, like, hey, I've been doing it for how long have you been doing it, Mudrak? Well, doing it, I would say a year and a half. Okay, cool. So I know immediately from that, he probably knows some shit. And he's probably bought multiple programs because he's been doing it for a year and a half. And so I'll be like, Cool, man. How, like, uh, what programs have you, are you, what offers are you currently promoting? And then he would say whatever. And then if I know the market and I know that, I would know probably some common pain points with that. And then I would dig into those pain points. So most people, one, they don't transition quickly enough from like the small talk rapport building, or they don't know how to, hey, like I did cold outreach, so I need to focus more on rapport building versus, hey, this was an inbound lead and I can paste the shit out of this conversation. Um, I pace the shit out of every conversation I have because I don't like small talk. And I even do it on my first dates. After like 30 minutes, I'll just say to the woman, hey, thank you for joining me. It's so flattering that a woman of your, a person of your quality would create and maintain space in their life to, to come and be with me. Now, why don't you, we're, I'm like almost 40. And so, you know, I date women that are a little bit old, like, you know, mid twenties and above. And so I'll just say, out of respect for both of ours, Tom, why don't we just get, straight to down the brass tacks is that cool and they're like holy shit what is going on i've never been talked to like this in the first 30 minutes of a first date but like i'm kind of intrigued and then i'll be like so why don't you just tell me what your non-negotiables or deal breakers are because we all have some and i promise to be open and honest about whether i violate any of them and then we can just uh, decide hey let's continue this first date and just have fun and then go our separate ways or we can just end it now and go our separate ways. That way there's no animosity because, hey, we could become good friends potentially. So you are so, really direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it plays really well on first dates. <laughs> I'm going to steal it. Yeah. Uh, feel free. I'm actually probably going to start um, like a dating niche thing in, in the beginning because I'm like, hey, stop putting women on a pedestal. Uh, stop putting people in general on a pedestal because they're people, they're going to let you down, just like politicians. Believe in propositions, not politicians. Uh, we don't got to get political. Um, and so, yeah, and then the next one is like outcome. And so that's not, the outcome is, it's focused on cost of inaction versus return on investment. 
And then the return is where you sell them the dream. So the outcome is more you're selling them the nightmare, which we talked about before, y'all, about everyone's in this game because they ain't happy with the status quo of their life. So an outcome question would be along the lines of, what would it feel like if in 12 months from now, your life was the same? And then you don't want to needle in on that. You don't want to, you just want to like kind of future pacing them, sell them the nightmare a little bit. And then you return, then now you sell them the, the, the pina coladas and, and the B-side stuff that we talked about. And making $2,000 for while, yeah, while they exactly. Poop. Yeah. On <laughs> autopilot. Yeah. My ass. Um, fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> um, and then, and then the E is basically presenting your offer and, um, and, um, you know, telling them the price. When you say the price, you gotta, I got like three C's times two, basically when you, on sales conversations. And when you say the, cause if you say the price and you get awkward, they're going to, if you make it awkward, it's going to be awkward. And then also too, if you try to put their offer and your offer in front of them without getting consent, like don't do that. Consent is a good thing in life, you know. Um, and I'm not going to go on that rant, but obviously, I'm sure the women in the audience feel me on that. Um, and so you, we, and we've all experienced it when you accept somebody's friend request, and all of a sudden you get hit with this bot message that's like, um, you know, a short essay. And then they're like, hey, here's three offers that you didn't even ask about that you can earn money on autopilot, <laughs> you know, and like, hey, it's like, cool, I regret um, accepting this friend request or sending you one. And now I'm going to just block you. So don't it's be funny. a shitty person. <laughs> so I saw a screenshot one of the girls I actually interviewed on the podcast as well. And she posted the screenshot and there was this pitch from some lady, I think. And I think it was also first message and she was like, yeah, I checked your profile. I think you're really good fit for this. This is like for young mothers and some shit. And she doesn't have a child. <laughs> She's not even married. And yeah. she was like, I did research and I think this is a good fit yeah. for you. Like what? <laughs> That's what I call the spray and pray. So they're just spraying their links out there, praying that somebody's dumb enough to take it. It's like a tarot card reader. They just say general vague statements <laughs> that like apply to everybody, but not to anybody. You were uh, having a hard life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you have you have pain in your life. Yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, cool. That's super vague, but I'm a sucker, so I'm going to fall for it. Um, and, and hey, we all have. Um, and, you know, I shared my story earlier about the shitty $15,000 investment I made. And I stopped promoting that product. And I stopped doing I left all that groups and everything. I stopped showing up to the mastermind calls after like two of them. Because I was like, you know, my time is better spent elsewhere. I've already learned what not to do enough. And hey, I met my homies, Evan and Eugene. So like Evan and Eugene, let's go, good, let's go be good people together. Let's uplift each other. And let's go help other people and make some money doing it. Um, and so, yeah, man, so that's, uh, I think, you know, you're saying a lot of really good shit. Um, and I could just continue to go on tangents with it, but I know at some point this podcast has to end. Unfortunately, I'm really sad about it. <laughs> I, you're love, really, I love talking to you, dude. <laughs> you're really close to, to breaking the record. I think 
<laughs> you're like yeah and you pre-framed it to keep it short so yeah I know, and i know i didn't so I do, it's, I'm, it's fine <laughs> i know you have to train i don't i don't care no it's all good dude i and so now i don't have enough time so i'll just do it after um our our uh thing today so it's all good i got enough time okay Benefit so of working for yourself <laughs> so. yeah i'm watching the one with evan and eugene was one hour and 16 minutes and i think this will surpass it with intros and outros and, the and evan and eugene will laugh their asses off when they hear that because <laughs> we do our like little team powwows and they're like dude they're like all right they're like we just can we just talk about business for the first 15 minutes and then we can just talk about other shit and be on this call for two hours with you alex <laughs> they're like because you're really entertaining <laughs> Okay, the the longest one I have is number 11 with Kevin Steven. It was one hour and 23 minutes. Uh, and what are we at now? We got to be getting close to that. <laughs> so I think we are around hour and... 15 or so. I think we started yeah, at like 45. So intro and outro is additional. Around so then if minutes. I cl if we close it now, then <laughs> I, or actually, I guess with the intro and outro, we're not going to beat it because I could be like, ha, ah, my pad podcast was shorter than y'all's. <laughs> you tell them. <laughs> yeah, but it's obviously with the intro and outro, it ain't going to be. So that's already off the table. <laughs> you gave me the opportunity because you said make it short, but I didn't. So whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. We're here now. We can't see like my mama. So I, we were on a coaching call and my mom, I'm staying with my folks right now as I'm like house hunting here in Atlanta area. And I had, I normally wear my headphones, but I had it open and like, you know, the mic was up and my mom came in. I'm like in the, I got my office set up in like their, one of their guest rooms. Um, and my mom came in and she's like, it smells kind of funny in this room. And you know, she's just like doing some like mom shit. I'm like, mom, I want to call. And like, it's a, like a hot mic. She's like, she's like, well, I was just being honest and I already said it, so I can't change it. So I ain't going to worry about it. <laughs> I was like, I love you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I, I enjoy this talk a lot. <laughs> yeah. I see why Evan and Eugene also like working with you. For sure. Uh, I mean, and they're good people, just like uh, you're, and great people, I would even say, just like you are, man. Thank you, man. Uh, so I know, and I guess this will be released on Friday. So I know you're running with them the workshop. So yeah. What's the policy for people if they listen to this on the last day? Yeah, so just reach out to us, hit us up, um, you know, um, on Messenger or join our group, the affiliate family. And then, you know, I'm sure I, I don't know for sure because I let my boys do that stuff. Um, Evidence, our marketing guy. Um, and so we'll have like replays and stuff available, I'm sure. Awesome, so. awesome, awesome. So, uh, you can tell where they can find you. And obviously I will also put a link to the workshop and to the group. And yeah, so to just your... link, to, link, to, link to our group, dude. That's the best way. And honestly, I'm about to not be doing, um, controlling my own personal Facebook profile. So it's probably best they just go to the group. Okay, so you don't want me to link your Facebook profile in the show? No, list. no, it's just the best place would be the group. And then you can, inside the group, they can tag Evan and Eugene and myself. So that way we see it. Awesome, awesome. Also, I'll have the links for the workshop, for the group in the... I'm thinking I already interviewed Alex earlier, so she holds the Alex kind of... So uh, just use Alexander, yeah. That's oh. what, and I kind of have gone back to doing that more. I'm not like, I'm not like 
oh, I'm offended you called me by this thing because a bunch of my people, I get called way worse things by my really good friends. So, I, um, so it's all good. And so I don't care. But yeah, you can just use Alexander. And then the other thing, dude, yeah, once you get the thing that we talked about before the call started and you get that sorted out, let's do an interview in your group. And so that way we can, um, you know, we have we talked about and we can do it offline about I know most people know OPM, other people's money, but uh, we'll talk about OPW, other people's work and how you can leverage it. Nice. And we would love to have you in our audience, dude, because you can provide a ton of a shit ton of value to people that are in our audience because they you are where they want to go. It's a deal. I love I love both sides of the interviews. So like I love interviewing people and I also love being interviewed. So it's bunch of fun for me yeah and so i'll do it and we'll just have enough we'll have a fun time and maybe keep it to an hour <laughs> i'll try my yeah. best <laughs> like even even when i interviewed evan in the group last week it was like over our hour 15 and the yeah. first time i interviewed him in my group it was hour 25 it was ridiculous yeah so, and so just so everyone knows and i know we're like this is i i set a time cap with me drag <laughs> and we have gone like 35 minutes over it because I also was like, hey, and I was genuine in my statement of like time spent with me to drag is time well spent. And I'm like, all right, I can do this shit later today. Um, I'm not breaking the promise I fulfilled to myself or that I made to myself. I can still fulfill it. And hey, I have this beautiful, enjoyable experience with somebody that I really um, respect and admire. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> I remember like it We should was... probably cut it now so it doesn't continue. <laughs> it was like, how much time do we have? It's around 50 minutes, 60. Yeah. Then we, we were talking for 20 minutes before recording. <laughs> yeah, before we even went live with it. <laughs> Jesus. All right. We're going to cut it. So we'll everyone... probably talk for 20 minutes more after this. <laughs> it's like, I got time now. <laughs> and I love to talk to people. All right, everyone. So if you want to, well, not, you're, so you're not going to Alex's Facebook profile, you're going, I'm going to link the workshop, I'm going to link the, yeah, probably just link group. the group too, since the workshop will be done by the time this goes live. So just link straight to the group. And okay. that's where the workshop replays will be anyway. Awesome. So a link will be at affiliatejourney.co slash Alexander. So you can go find it over there. Uh, connect with these people and your your life and journey will be much, much easier, especially like business slash affiliate online world. And obviously like that later impacts other other parts as well. Man, thanks so much for coming. This was a pleasure and probably the <laughs> record-breaking episode, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it gets a lot of li listens for you too, because this has been a, a hell of a good time. So thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. And everyone, uh, again, affiliatejourney.co slash Alexander and connect with them, connect with myself. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. And until next time, goodbye. I'll see you. All right, everyone. I know this one was a stretch. It's a long one. There was a lot of laughter. Like, I feel like I know Alexander for like 10 years, even though uh, we, we know each other for a couple of months. But who's to say that you cannot make some really impactful friendships online and in a shorter amount of amounts of time? Like, let me tell you, in the last year and three or four months since I've been basically been more active on Facebook and all of that, I connected with extraordinary people and I made some really nice friendships. So yeah, there are, there is a lot of beauty. It's not only 
making money online, which, yeah, th this is what we are here to do. Uh, but there are a lot of other benefits. Obviously, it's not all golden, like there are downsides as well. But I try to focus on the positive. Anyways, uh, again, if you want to connect with Alexander, it's affiliatejourney.co slash Alexander. And uh, go check it out. Check the workshop out. I will put the links in the show notes. Or just message me. If you can't find them, I'll point you right where you need to go. Anyways, uh, thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review if you have one minute of your busy day. And yeah, uh, in the meantime, cheers for your success.